Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And after bumbling the last intro for this for this show, Joe's gonna do it. God, John, you are banned from intro speaking ever again. <laughs> that was an unmitigated disaster. Uh, an absolutely unsavable bumble. I don't yeah. know how we've been cod- podcasting for 75 Codcasting? episodes. Podcasting? Yeah. Podcasting. Man, now, this is now a fishing podcast. I hate to Yo. tell you. Uh, we're going to be cooking talking- podcasts. It's just only fish. <laughs> how to prepare them. Oh, only fish. I'm here for it. Yeah. War games? War games are done now. I don't want to play with you anymore. It's only fishing now, boys. Um... <laughs> Yeah, last episode I let John do the intro, and he just murdered it. So I'm taking it back over. I was like, "Oh yeah, John, like I do, I do a lot of the talking. Maybe you would have some of the talking this time." Wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm back to talking. After 75 episodes, I've realized that John, my co-host, one of my closest friends, does not know English. Nope. Uh, so only I'm speaking taking- goblin. Uh, well, you are from Florida, John, so I can't hold it against you too much, but I'm still going to hold it against you some. On the Florida bell curve, you're not that far down, but still. It's a problem when we podcast. Yeah, um, it's, it's true. <laughs> but on this episode, we wanted to talk about something that has kind of been a buzz in our sort of local area. Um, and that's because, like, as... I've mentioned before, like, uh, we've been kind of playing more games. And for me, I've been doing it at my local game shop. Like, I've, You know, Panini is over, no more pandemic. And uh, I want to, like, get back in the community and play some pickup games and have a good time. And, uh, well, I'm starting to realize that some of the shops are having a little bit of trouble. It's, and even my own local shop is currently in peril. Um, and... John, similarly, has seen some stuff down where he's at, um, and I think it might be worth talking about why some local game shops could be feeling a little bit of pressure right now, uh, and in the end, why that should matter to us, and what we can do to help them. But before that, hobby time and games played. Alright, John. Uh, what you been up to? Alright, so lately I've done some like hobby space rearrangement. Um, looking at trying to source some new solutions. Because I don't have a, my own hobby room anymore. So I have to go back to using like part of a desk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be using like getting like a pegboard and all sorts of stuff like that. And kind of like mapping out how I want to use the space I have efficiently. Uh but like also setting up my airbrush in a way that I can actually like use it still at this desk, stuff like that. And then I went ahead and primed a bunch of uh, Song of Ice and Fire guys, um, mm-hmm. Greyjoys, and getting them ready for this week. Um, I'm planning on painting 22 models this week. Hot damn. And I painted some characters and some other models. 
over the weekend and last week. So I'm just trying to chug along painting the Song of Ice and Fire stuff. I want to get it to the point where when I'm playing this game regularly, I have everything painted. Like, yeah, I have most of the force I would need to play already. I'm just going to paint it all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the same with, uh, I have one unit left to get for Greyjoys, and then I have everything. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's the way to do it. Kind of just take it little bite-sized pieces as you go. Try every time between when you play, maybe paint like one more unit. Um, but slowly but surely, you'll probably get done. I mean, there's less here to paint than some of the other games we play, which helps. Yes. Yes, but also no. Because I play the infantry-heavy Greyjoys, which have like, you know, lots of dudes. I know. I play Free Folk. Because I'm a masochist. Um, so I feel that. Uh, which, you know, surprise, surprise for my hobby updates. That's I've been doing the same. Working on A Song of Ice and Fire stuff. Um, last episode I mentioned how I finished up The Night's Watch. I still need to post those to Instagram. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I was looking down the barrel of trying to paint some Free Folk. Um, well, this week I grabbed a unit of Free Folk Raiders... And uh, primed them up, hit them with a zenithal, and then started painting them, figuring out my paint scheme as I was going along. Um, I now, I mean, they're in a state that could be done. I think I might go back and give some quick highlights to the skin and hands, just like dirty quick highlights to make those areas pop. Um, but overall, I've got them done. And it was a little slower than I would like. Part of that was probably, though, because I was figuring out the paint scheme. Um, but I like how they look. I just need to sort of work on the optimization of the speed. And I think I might be able to do some of that by just using, like, a bigger brush for what I was doing. Um, and see how that goes. Because, uh, yeah. Free Folk have a lot of dudes you have to paint. And uh, I I've got to speed it up if I'm going to get through a whole army. But now that I've got this infantry unit painted, I think I'm going to treat myself with like a giant, which I just, I am a giddy little goat to try to paint a giant. So I think I'm going to give myself a little treat after that, paint another infantry unit of some sort, and then maybe give myself the treat of a unit of bear riders, um, paint up some bears. But I am absolutely perplexed as to what kind of bears I should paint these things as. Like the box art has polar bears. And polar bears are very cool. Uh, but also, like, I really like Kodiak grizzly bears uh, as maybe my favorite bear. Um, so, like, I could go that way to paint them. Uh, or you could do more like a, a Appalachian-themed black bear, which would look cool. Uh, get a little weird, maybe paint them as Andean bears, which would be nice. No one would understand what they were, but, like, one person at the game shop might. And, and uh, it's you, the bear yeah. guy. Yeah, me, the guy who really loves bears. Um, like, Andean bear would be cool. Could get weird and have a panda bear. I mean, trying to make this decision is pandemonium. It's, yeah, I'm barely hanging on. It's I a grisly you. decision. Terrible. Why? Because <laughs> I can't be stopped, John. Uh, but I genuinely, I have no idea how I'm going to pick between bears because I love them all. But I'm sure one way or another I'll figure it out. But I'm excited to paint them regardless. Like I could feel my bones vibrating out of my skin to paint bears. So cool. But 
I've got to use them as like little carrots to keep me moving down the track of painting a bajillion guys in like deer skin clothes, which took just a little longer than expected. But I'm excited to play again now that I've got some models painted. And I think if I keep playing, um, it'll keep the motivation up. And uh, I think I might like try to rope my wife into some more games during like weeknights. Uh, and then when you start getting the more models done, you can go get that mammoth. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mammoth is a cool model. Uh, anything that's like big, stompy monster, I'm super into. Uh, so Mammoth, right up my alley. Also, Dog Chariot. Dog Chariot's going to be fun to paint. You get to paint a couple of big old puppers. Can't wait. Huge dogs. Yeah, big old dogs. Um, so yeah, I've had a really productive hobby time, but I will say in both of our defense, uh, we this we are recording this one early because I am going to be on vacation the next time we would be recording. So we have only had a handful of days to like do our hobby progress, but still, man, we have kicked butt and filled yeah. up the segment. Uh, I'm going to be in the Black Hills of South Dakota and North Dakota uh, for two weeks. Uh, trying to lose my mind in the best ways possible. Um, so this is kind of getting filled in as a, a buffer to that. But when I come back, I'm sure there will be many tales about how I have yeed and hawed and cannot come back. So good. But before then, let's get on to the topic. All right, John. Um, so I guess let's get into maybe why uh, we're talking about this. So like my local game store that I adore um, recently had an announcement that the store is struggling and uh, it is uncertain whether it will stay open. Um, and while this is really sad, it's not necessarily surprising. There have been a couple of other stores around us that didn't make it uh, post Panini, it seems. And it was kind of a wake-up call for me that maybe stuff's a little rough out there. Um, but what have you seen sort of in your sphere? Oh, well, around me, it's that like we have the same stores that have been here for forever. Uh, but we've also seen almost no stores opening up. Um, most of those spaces. And then the ones that still exist have just downscaled a lot. They've gotten rid of a lot of stuff. They've maybe even changed buildings. And uh, it's one of those situations where we didn't have much to begin with, but the town has grown so much, has expanded so much, but mm -hmm. these areas, like th this business is not, it's shrinking. Um, and on top of that, it seems like a lot of the space is being taken up by other things within the same sphere, like I'll use Pokemon as an example. We've had like a ton of Pokemon revenue coming out of these places. Like there's whole stores that sell Pokemon plushies, everything is like, it's great. Like millennials love it. Kids love it. Poke big Pokemon energy. Great. But like they don't have Warhammer tournaments. They don't have Song of Ice and Fire tournaments. They don't have like big group events. Those just aren't happening. Um, there's like no clubs in my area. Stuff like that. And uh, it's sad. It's been a problem that's been growing for years, but it's it seems to be getting worse lately. Uh, particularly with like 
stuff out like that affects everything, right? Like inflation and everything else. Spending money is getting harder for a lot of folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we talk about sort of factors, you could just go ahead and put that in there that like for a lot of people, disposable income is going down. So less models are being sell, uh, sold. Um, but I do want to kind of preface this as we are about to get into some of the factors that our tiny little pea brains could come up with that might be making game stores struggle right now. These are not unanimous, uh, certainly not across the board. I mean, there are game shops all around the world in countries all over, and I'm sure each of them uh, has their own unique struggles in addition to maybe some of these more general issues. Uh, and maybe some of them just are raking in the money hand over fist and they have like a Scrooge McDuck money pit in the back room. And I'm sure that's possible, but I would venture to guess that that might be the minority of stores. So we're just going to do our best to go through a, cu a couple of causes that we think are widely spread. Um, and if we miss any, please feel free to like post them in the comments below. And afterwards we'll get into the, the good stuff. So I think first, y'all, like, we are in a time, I'm not going to use the corporate word unprecedented, but we're in a time that, let's be honest, was absolutely borked. Um, we were in a pandemic where we were locked down, here in the U.S. at least, for two years. Um, and during that time, these games that require in-person attendance to play inherently by the nature of what they are became real difficult to play. And that meant people weren't going to the game stores and some people just didn't play at all, but others made home gaming setups as a stand in because they were locked down. You know, they could get together and they could game with their closed groups that they knew weren't sick. So they could at least get a bit of their hobby fix in. They built their own tables, they built their own terrain, storage spaces, what have you. Um, but coming out of that, at least in my area, a lot of people who used to sort of primarily play at the game shop have just kept playing at their sort of at-home hobby setup. Uh, and I can't say I blame them. Hell, I have my own now. Um, but I think when stores drive sales by people being in there and buying snacks and drinks while they're playing... A lot of people switching to at-home play could hurt the bottom line and in unfortunate ways. I mean, John, even you who like doesn't have like a dedicated room to play has like two tables and a little bit of terrain. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had to, at least in mostly in my area, like there was nowhere to play that had terrain for one, which is a significant investment for a store to have. And there was no tables for these size games, which are a lot harder to provide space for than something, say, Magic. Um, and so, like, yeah, I just have my own space to play that I play in most of the time. I don't really go to a store to play anymore. Uh, mostly because it's inaccessible to really do so. Like, not only is it inconvenient because, like, I have to drive there, figure out food, scheduling, everything else... And if I'm just playing with people I already know and interact with all the time, why can't it just be at my own place? And I guarantee you I'm, I'm not the only person who thinks that way or does it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you also mentioned that, like, a lot of the stores near you have gone to Magic. 
Uh, I've seen that up here as well. Uh, and I think it's an indicator of like financial pressure, probably. Um, let's be honest, like war games take up a lot of space in terms of SKUs for like boxes that you have to hold on site and product that you have to hold that are big and cumbersome and take up a lot of shelf space. Um, and probably do not have the most impressive profit margins. Uh, Magic the Gathering, however, seems to be selling like hotcakes and is very easy to store in like little boxes. Doesn't take up a ton of room. Um, and, then, and I think I think there's a couple of other reasons why Magic is in there more than just the physical space. Is that even the the online third party selling of Magic doesn't affect game stores as much. Um, as it does in war games, because you can sell that, like your singles you get from local kids to those sites. So you can still make money. But like mm-hmm. the GW and like Songwise and Fire and all that, uh, you can order it from them and wait for weeks, or you can just order it on Amazon as a consumer. Which, like, it sucks, but that's the reality, you know? Yeah. Uh, which I think is. Probably the next big one for me is like the competition with online retailers is rough, rough. Um, The ability to get like, I'll use Games Workshop products because they're like the biggest in the market and they sell the most around here at least. The ability to get Games Workshop product on Amazon with delivered to your house within two days at a 25% discount is very tempting for the average person compared to potentially buying it in store at full price. Um, And when that temptation's there, it combined with financial pressures, uh, it might make people choose it. When that happens, stores lose sales. Um, And with like two-day shipping uh, now being the norm off of that particular giant conglomerate website, it's... Well, it's... It's rough on a game store, I'll tell you that. Um, and that's even more so because right now, logistics is a hellscape. Yeah, like, part of part of the benefit of buying something from a game store and not ordering online is that I don't want to wait two days because I'm playing my game today. I want to go to the store and buy the thing and build it to play my game. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go to the store and they don't have anything that you're looking for, and you that's been the case five or six times in a row... You stop going there to solve that problem. Yeah. Um, and if you try to order at your local game stores, at least at mine, a lot of, like, it used to be, hey, if you order here, it'll be here next Friday. Okay, cool. I know what, um, I know when it'll get here. Go ahead and put it the order in. I'll get it Friday. Now it is, you know, like I, I honestly don't know when you'll get this. Um, at my shop, I waited months for some of my orders to come in because logistics worldwide is rough right now. Um, really rough. So it's hard to say when shipments are coming, when big productions are coming. No one really knows around here. Uh, and I imagine this is not just like a, an issue for the area I live in. It seems like a lot of stores are having trouble getting, uh, sort of like reliable timetables for shipping anything to the store. 
And that makes it harder for them to get sales from even their local regulars. Because some people who were like really conscientious about where they spend their money uh, are willing to wait a little bit to get it. But months? Eh, that's a harder sell even for someone who's conscious about where they spend their dollars. Yeah, like I don't like ordering something off Amazon. I don't have to. But like... If the option is order from Amazon, get it in two days, and for cheaper, or order it from my local game store and maybe get it within three months. Like I'll use Joe's store as an example. I ordered through Joe's store the Shadow Collective starter for Legion. Mm -hmm. What, like two months ago? Something like that, yeah, almost. Still just like not even a timetable, no word. Um, and that's not on that store. That's on logistics. Um, there's been stores around here where I've been looking for a very specific thing. I go in there and I was like, hey, can you order it? And they go, yeah, um, but like I don't know when it'll be here. I'm like, do you have any sort of timetable? Like, I'm willing to wait like a month. Like, I am. Like, I don't need it right now. I can wait a month. And they're like, well, I can't promise it'll be here within a month either. And that's, that's just a non-starter. Like, yeah, that makes it difficult. Uh it is a harder sell when you have no idea when someone will get their product for the money they spent. And I think that is a unique challenge that many stores are facing right now that I don't know if we've ever quite faced to this level before. Um, and it's just a shame. And all of this together just creates a lot of pressure for stores that were already not raking in the big bucks, uh, but are just now in an even tighter spot from where they were before. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone starts a game store with the intention of being a millionaire. Like, I think they do it because they like playing games and they want to see people enjoy playing games. Yeah, I think most people are probably starting game stores as a passion project for the community. Um, and their margins were never super high. No one was driving their, like, Maserati into their local game store. Uh, and that was before everything got really, really rough. Now, yeah, I'm hoping they're still driving vehicles at all. So this is the portion that was kind of sad and rough. Um, and it kind of hits home because my local game store is also hurting. Um, so the next question really that I think is the most important are two of them, but they kind of go together. One why should we give a damn? And two, what do we do to help? Um, and like for people who have been playing for a long time, you probably inherently already know why it matters to you. But I know sometimes we get people listening who are maybe a little newer to the hobby. Um, and maybe you haven't been in it for very long, or maybe you started during the pandemic and you haven't used a local game store. So you haven't, you know, had the experience. So to quickly touch on it, these game stores for a lot of people, particularly here where I live in a uh, area that doesn't have like a ton of gamers, they're kind of the bastion for the local community. Uh, they are where a bunch of people can get together in a shared, safe environment uh, with people that they know and can have fun with. And push around these little plastic toys after a hard week of working whatever job is crushing their soul slowly. 
and they can get a few giggles and laughs and have a time talking about little army men until 3 a.m. on a Friday night. And, uh, man, that is a, like, that's a rare form of joy. Yeah. To get. Like, uh, here in America, at least, we have a lot of, our society is built around bar culture of, like, going out for a few drinks, right? Like, going and, and interacting with a group of people in a space where you're drinking as an activity. Um, mm-hmm. For me, at least, when I was younger, I that was game stores for me. Like, I went to, like, I remember my buddy Rook and I used to go up. We would drive, like, 35, 40 minutes up into town to go to this game store to hang out with folks and just, like, conversate with people, buy the miniatures we were looking at getting for our, our different factions, maybe buy a bunch of cards to play some games, maybe sit down and play some games, maybe sit down and talk to the owner about the upcoming releases. Like, it was a social experience and it was a social space and that atmosphere is dying and is going away and where do those people go now that don't have a place to play or a close friend group or maybe they're like younger folks that are getting into this like in their like late teens maybe they are like middle school early teens and they're looking to like they're looking to interact with people who are into the same interests as them and they don't have, they're not going to have that anymore. Right. In a space that's not weird. Right. You don't want mm-hmm. like a 17 year old kid. I mean, I did it, but like, you don't want like a 17 year old kid going to some like 24 year old dude's house to play match the gathering. Like you want like a public space for them to play. And that's just going to be gone soon for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it just, I don't know, it engenders a form of community and comfort. Um, especially, like, I've i have seen this before at, like, LARP when I did that. But especially for people who might have some difficulty socializing in other environments. Um, you know, if you, when you go to the store, sometimes you could just tell someone might be a little shy or they might struggle uh, when they first get there. But at least when you go to the shop... Even if you struggle to socialize, you know, nothing else. You share this like one really cool interest with everyone else here. And you would be amazed at how much that deep, like core knowledge can help someone to open up a little and have a good time at the shop because it is a universal constant that if nothing else, everybody likes these little toys and you could talk about that. Um, yeah. And, and normally like, it leads to talking about other stuff too that are like yeah. You know, it 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 helps people who are non-traditional um who are eccentric or air quotes weird people stay weird y'all it's great. Um make friends with other weirdos or other people that are non-traditional. Right? Like um I'm not going to say it's just a game stores but like for me a lot of what broke my like air quotes programming or like open my mind up to different things in the world was being in a game store and seeing people that are different and interacting with them and talking to them and kind of learning different perspectives. Um, for some folks, game stores where that's going to be and that's going to be gone. And I think that's important to think about. Yeah. I mean, having this shared communal space where you kind of know people or can get to know people in a 
more and more online world. I think that's kind of important, y'all. I just do. Yeah. And, I mean, not to mention the magic of, like, going to the store, seeing a new thing on the shelf that you needed, being able to buy it because you have the hobby dollars, opening it up, immediately building it, throwing it on a table. You know, it's it's one of those things you can really only get in person. You just can't. Yeah. Um, or for me, just, like, having a place to shoot the shit. Like, uh, I'll go up there to the hobby store to, like, just pick up models. And I'll be gone for three or four hours. And I'll come home. My wife's like, oh, did you play a game? Nope. Just talked. <laughs> like, had a great time. <laughs> had a wonderful time just shooting the shit. Um, it's great. Uh, and I think we should help them. Because, you know, it's good for us. And also because they are members of our community. So what can we do? Well... I, I kind of want to take a step back before we do to where huh? what we where we do. Uh, I think that we really need to hammer in that last point home. I know that uh, a lot of folks, um, especially in, in modern times, they, they look at like all business is bad. We've had a lot of bad interactions with businesses and corporations and small businesses over the last like couple of years. It's been pretty bad. You know, capitalism's a hellscape. I get it. No one makes big dollar off of running a game store. And I want to make sure it hammers home. A lot of these people are having to pick up like full-time jobs in order to keep the store alive like it's part of their family because to them it is. Yeah. Some of these people are cutting back on how much they eat to provide a space for people to play. And I'm not like trying to guilt trip anyone into like not playing at their own house. Feel free to. I'm still going to. But maybe the next time like you're in a store... Think about, you know, all of the rising costs of living are going to affect them, their employees, their overhead, all of this in a way that like maybe the country club down the street doesn't have to worry about or the like chain restaurant doesn't have to worry about because they've got a backer. Like the guy behind the counter is probably the guy who also owns the shop and he's probably working, you know, six twelfths on top of working a 40 hour a week job. Yeah. Um. They are members of the community, and uh, I don't know about y'all, but I really want them to be able to eat. They give us a space to play and cool shops to be in, and uh, you know, if you've got a local shop that you really like, it might be worth trying to help them. So, what do we do? Um, I mean, I think the first and most obvious one we'll go ahead and start with is buy from that local store as often as you can, and I'm like. What I mean is if you have an option where you can buy from there, you you don't need it right this second, you don't have outside pressures, you could wait as long as it takes, buy from the local store, y'all. Like, I would really ask you to. Like, I, I know buying from Amazon can be real convenient and give you a hit of dopamine, um... And make you feel good, but Jeff Bezos will not notice your like seventy dollar buy. The local shop entirely will. So when you can get it from there, um, it's just it's good practice. And if you can't, like I understand the like sometimes that twenty five percent discount that you're getting from an online retailer is the make or break point for you being able to get the thing. That's entirely fair. 
But like, if you're gonna go there and play, which I think a lot of you probably are, like if you're gonna, even if you're going and playing magic, right, or just going to hang out and bullshit like Joe does, maybe buy a soda or like some chips or some mm-hmm. a set of dice, buy something small. Any little bit helps, like at all. Yeah, well, and especially on like snacks and stuff, a lot of those have like higher profit margin than some of the boxes. Uh, so even if you just go and like have a couple of sodas or maybe you buy you yourself one and your opponent one when you're playing a pickup game it helps it's something uh, and it's a little easier to fit into a budget to spend like two to four dollars on sodas rather than like buying a 200 dollar box set of whatever um, but every bit of it goes a long goes a long way yeah and like another thing you can do is try to generate more buzz in the in your community with it, right? Like if you like we we play a song of ice and fire, right? Our, our friend Tanner reached out to a local game store to see if they did any events. Well, on Mondays they play a song of ice and fire with a bunch of dudes there, right? So he's gonna start going there on Mondays. I'm probably gonna try to join him sometime in the future mm-hmm. to go play some a song of ice and fire on Mondays, as long as my schedule allows. Well, maybe one of your local s- stores doesn't have like a big say kill team group and you've been playing kill team you really enjoy it it's a lot easier to get some folks into and you've got like four or five friends who'll come over and play kill team well maybe you reach out to the a local store and be like hey i've got some terrain i've got some like stuff can we set up a, a table here on like a wednesday on wednesday nights and run a league where we can have like multiple tables running at the same time of different people playing different matches of kill team and like Get some people in your store. And uh, I'm willing to bet most of those store owners are, A, going to say yes because it's more people coming to the store that potentially will buy stuff. But they might even offer price support. Um, even if that price support something small like store credit, like, mm-hmm. it's great, right? Like, you're going to get more people. And who knows, maybe some of the kids playing Magic two tables away are going to look at it and go, that's neat, and then go buy a box. Yeah, I mean, I think... Beyond just like, I think spending your dollars is like the most effective way. But if you don't have more budget to necessarily buy more box, which is fair, like all of us have a limited hobby budget, unless we have some like secret oil tycoon listening. Um, if you are listening, secret oil tycoon, um, send us big money. I'd like to buy many boxes for local game stores. You too can adopt a local game store. Yes. For a low, low price of infinite monies a month. John and I can support all local game stores in our area. Yeah, um, but also Old Tycoon, uh, Get Fucked, I Like Oceans. Um, Continue, Joe. (laughs) Yeah, how dare you, BP? God damn it. Uh, I'm going to spend your money angrily now, but I will still spend it. Because, you know, people need help. (laughs) But yeah, like if you don't have infinite hobby dollars like a normal human being... Uh, you can only spend so much money at local game store before your finances are in jeopardy. Um, and if you are near that limit, this is a thing you can do that doesn't cost anything in terms of like money. Um, most stores uh, kind of operate on the premise that more people in the store is good because it's true. Like the more people are there, the more they're going to like the store, the more they're going to make friends at the store, the more likely they're going to be to come back and make their purchases there. So if you want to try to get more people in the store and you have, uh, let's say you're sort of a little uh, into one particular game system, 
that isn't played, just reach out and ask if you could run a league or like a night. I have never seen a game store around here say no to that. Uh, usually they're super, super welcoming to the idea. Um, and if you could pull it off, all it takes you is like one night a week, maybe a little bit of time throughout the week to like message people to be like, hey, here's your opponent for next week or whatever. It doesn't take a ton of effort. It doesn't take a ton of stress, but the outcome for the store can be really big. I mean, if you end up pulling five people into the into the game, let's say, and each of those buy a $100 box, you just made the store $500. You didn't have to spend a dime. The math is just there. And that's not considering that if they like the store enough, they will spend all of their future purposes there, and you could have just made the store thousands. And like, not to mention how much snacks people will buy when they're at the store. Mm-hmm. Like, again, all that adds up. And uh, also, the more people buying from the store, the more likely is most of those stores are going to have some sort of rewards program. Um, find out what that rewards program is for your store, and uh, show it to people when they're like, well, I just buy this off Amazon. Yeah, you could buy that off Amazon, but like, if you... I'll use an extraordinary store here as an example. It's not a great reward system, but it exists. If you buy enough things, you get like $20 off a purchase of more than 60 bucks. Yada, yada, yada. Like, if I spend $300 at the store, which isn't impossible in like this hobby, let's be honest, uh, my next purchase I can get uh, 50% off. Uh, mm -hmm. That's pretty good. If I want to like buy a big box set, maybe start Horus Heresy, buy that box. It's now, instead of what, 200, it's now 100? Mm hmm. Yeah. Or 300, sorry. It's now 150. Like, yeah. That's pretty good. Or uh, for me, my shop offers 25% if discount if you're a member. So it matches Amazon's discount, sometimes beats it. So as often as possible, I will reach out to people buying something and go, hey, if you want, I will buy it for you. You could just hand me money and I'll deliver it to you. Like, I, I would rather this store get money. Um, and most people, when they hear that, are uh, open to the concept that they are going to be supporting a local business and still getting their discount. So sure, they're all in. Like uh, you know, every now and then they will still buy it from Amazon, but those people, you can't you know, you tried. You can't really think about it. But most are in. And, you know, that didn't cost you money. You're just a middleman. But, again, you helped the store. And on the other side of the spectrum, because we talked about, you know, doing weekly leagues and stuff. Maybe that's not your jam. Maybe a consistent weekly thing is very hard for you. Maybe you like big events that happen once. Maybe you go ask a store owner, hey, I want to run like a tournament for a Song and Ice and Fire. We're going to do this like cheesy thing where we're going to have like plastic swords duct taped onto a, a folding chair. Then we're fighting over the, the throne, the game of throne, if you will. Uh, and like, oh, that's neat. Like, can we use your store? And like, we'll take pictures and we'll give them to you. Maybe you can put it up on social media and get some buzz. Um, maybe you can just like post the event in your store and we'll get more people have like an entry and like start a small tournament that happens. Who knows? Maybe it'll kick off and it'll be like a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, I used to work at a game store a long time ago, and that was one of the big things that really pumped up sales for us. It was when we started doing like these weird themed Warhammer 40k tournaments in 7th edition. And we would get a bunch of people coming in and they would like buy stuff. Like they would come in to see what the event was and like talk to the, the, the people in the store, see what the store was like. And then they would buy something there for that event and then go build it, paint it, come back, play the event, maybe buy some snacks while playing and then buy some stuff before they left. Mm-hmm. Like they might not be regular reoccurring customers all the time because they might be traveling to come to this event because it happens, but they still spent money. Like they still came and played the game. And that's what we're all trying to do is like play these games and have a good time and just support these spaces. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, that's a thing that doesn't necessarily have to cost you a dime. Like, I think a lot of us feel like we can't help them because we're gated in by how much we can spend. And to some extent, that is true. But there are ways you can do it without needing to spend money. Um, so all I would ask is that, you know, if you're someone who loves your local game store and you really, really want to help, maybe consider this and see what you can do in your local area. Um, you know, at least we could say we tried... And we did what we could, if nothing else. But also, like, we're just two dudes coming up with ideas. And these are the best ones we could come up with off the top of our head. But there is a large, large, large probability that we missed some. And maybe we missed some good ones. <laughs> so if we did, please put them in the comments. Send them to us on social media. Uh, we would love to see them. And if there are some great ones, we will do a second episode titled... How to help your local game store, uh, you know, with ideas from people smarter than us. Because these spaces really need it. <laughs> yes. The algorithm does, uh, demands to be fed. So if you provide us stuff to feed the algorithm, we will. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, if you've got uh, a local game store and some people who want to help it, maybe share them this episode. It might spark some conversation between what you guys can do collectively to try to help people out or keep things afloat or, you know, just generally make it a better place. Uh, maybe it's a good way to kick off a league or a weekly night if you're trying to start that. Um, and if it does, I mean, congrats. Ed. Y'all are doing absolutely great. So please share it if you can. And uh, for now... We'll be over here baking up more thoughts and ideas as we can. But uh, really, y'all, like if there's anything you take away from this, it's that these spaces that you love are ephemeral and not permanent. So help them if you can. And as a final note, um, I'm just now coming out with this at the end. But if you can't provide your time and effort and money and all of these into the spaces, the very least you can do when you walk into these spaces is be welcoming to new people, be kind, be compassionate and be patient with the other people that are in these spaces with you. And, uh, that goes a long way to getting people to come back to those places because they feel welcomed by the other people in that space. It's true. So, man, wish we would have thought of that one earlier. Yeah, I know. Damn, putting in the goodest for the last. Maybe, <laughs> Seth, will, maybe Seth will edit it in somewhere. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. <laughs>
for now, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all on the next episode.